Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from the poisonous air of Salt Lake City, uh, Utah. It's thank God I'm atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up today, um, the ethics of dying. It's something that comes up on the podcast. Every and so often. Every so often. And we have a kind of a different angle on it yeah. this time. Yeah. We'll, a, a, a new way that we're going to be We will be thinking Chatting about. about. Maybe not a new angle. We're, we're, nobody's going to be shocked or surprised by what we say. No. He'll be very Frank and Dan. Well, I'll try and shock them. I'll say I'm gonna. I'll say something totally out of character. Just horrible, awful thing. Prepare yourself, everybody. <laughs> something scary and awful is coming out of my mouth. In the bottom half of our show. Oh, at the end, towards the, the end, at the tor- okay, yeah, all right. But before that, what do you got? Um. Well, it's the uh, it's the beginning of a year, but it's also a year just recently ended. That's right. true. Both of those two things tend to go concurrently. And there is a a need for people in the media, the, a need for the media itself to declare things oh, oh. at the end of a year. They'll right? declare, they'll they list. They like to look back. They have lists. They have, they like to like name, call people out for like, this is the best this of the year. This is the best that of the year. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Sure. Well, Esquire... Um, has uh, named its best man or best dressed man of the year. Oh, sure, Pope Francis. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, 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 no. And I'll tell you why. No, because Pope Benedict was the one who was in all the the Gucci footwear. And that's and the- exactly their point: is that he's taken something that has always been about the opulence and about the 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 ornamentation and the the you know sure everything you just mentioned the, the Gucci, fanciness the Prada the, right 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 um and he's taken it and he's done something very simple and very clean oh. and then there's an elegance to his manner of dress as the Pope oh see personally I just think they're jumping on the Pope Francis bandwagon right right. You know, but but simplicity is so hot right now. <laughs> well, and they have a picture of him looking very, very well, sort of groomed. But he's, he's but, a he's a dapper fellow. Yeah, you know, for for an older gentleman who's who's decked out in dresses and oh, yeah. slippers. Yeah, but yeah, the, uh, the all the jewelry and the cape, or the, I'm sorry, the fur lined capes. Yeah, the Prada shoes, the red Prada shoes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he eschews all of it. Yeah. So it's kind of like just his his um his modest approach to life. You know, there should his, be there his should modest apartment, owning his own car. Yeah, they're, paying they're, for a hotel room himself. I'm thinking that the fashion industry needs to embrace that. There needs to be a shoe company called Eschews. <laughs> that's that's really Thomas. stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and yet I'm laughing. The um. <laughs> The, yeah, well, I mean, you know, you're right that obviously it's just jumping on the Pope Francis, the France, the Fran wagon. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, you got to think, Pope fashion is one of those things that only one guy gets to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the no, whole world, yeah. it's. A, I mean, it's like a uniform for one. <laughs> Let's change our uniforms, me. I'm gonna change it up. Yeah, I mean, it's based off of like what. I don't know. It's based off of like somebody designed a crazy hat one day. Let me pull up the. I mean, come on. Let me let me look at it. You gotta love the Pope's 
I mean, just the headgear alone. Yeah, but he doesn't wear the big crazy hat. He wears more just sort of the little the yarmulke, the little kippa, the little the little white cap that covers his head. Right. And then he's got like you know a single cross, and then everything else. Like he he has the um the the priest collar thing yeah. on underneath everything. Sure, but his sure. is all just white. Yeah, just white, 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 white. And white is. The he looks like black. he's ready to go to the temple. <laughs> he he could be. He's a, he's a Jew trying to get into the temple, is with the <laughs> kippa and the. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's what he is. <laughs> anyway, well, there you go. I don't know. You know, pope, popery, mm. <laughs> popery, popery. I'll take popery for a thousand, Alex. Smells of popes. <laughs> exactly. That's, the, that's exactly the, all. The questions will be about. You you don't want the Benedict. Potpourri. Mm, no, Although, of, he was fussy. He probably smelled. Okay. He was he was fussy, but he I was would also guess this pope probably a little bit more bo than in recent years. Oh, maybe, yeah, he's got that whole affinity for the poor thing mm-hmm. and stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. he's not worried about it. Yeah, you know what, Pope Benedict probably it was probably a very masculine smell. Sure, yeah, it's woody and and mm. and uh, musky, musky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this pope, maybe leather. It, Leather. For Benedict, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Le- yeah, all of those tones. This Pope, I'm going to say, if if he comes out with his Pope Puri, mm-hmm. you're going to be looking at, you know, some lavender tones. Yes. You're going to be looking at some, uh, you know, it's mostly flo- floral. Some um, cumin. But it's clean, so maybe a, maybe a, almost a citrus. Oh, oh, you're going all clean. I th- he's you cl- think he... he does the clean, he, he, like he's got clean lines in his clothing. Mm. He keeps it all very simple. I think mm-hmm. he likes a really just... Gentle smell. Wood polish. <laughs> lemon pledge. Lemon pledge. It, it smells, like, smells like, pledge. His, his, his potpourri. He cleans his apartment himself. <laughs> yeah. So he smells like wood pledge and Lysol. Right. Uh, his hands always smell like bleach. Good. It's you know? not good. It's it's like it's like going to grandma's house. Yeah. There's just something. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like it's yeah. like. The uh, the cleaning products of yesteryear. Yeah, except my grandma, there was always the cigarette smell. Oh, yeah. Which I still kind of, I walk into a house where people smoke in it, and it's like, oh, grandma. Oh, grandma. Nobody does that anymore, this grandma. This smells awful, grandma. <laughs> All right. Well. She, was, she was kind of at the end of that, where people still yeah, smoked in their house. Where grandmas smoked. Right. Well, there you go. I well, guess a lot of grandmas probably still smoke. Probably do. Probably a lot of our listeners have grandmothers who smoke. Right. Or will, or our grandmothers who smoke. That's possible, too. Yeah. In fact, that's the one I would prefer. And shame on you, <laughs> smoking grannies out there. <laughs> smoking grannies. Actually, you know what? Not shame on you. Start a club. That's, I'd say good for you. Yes. Throwing caution to the wind. Yeah. I mean, actually, if you start if you're when a you're granny a granny and you're smoking. Yeah, then go for it. Yeah. Like, if you know, if you start in your 70s. And it takes, you know, most people 30 years for the cancer to set in. Won't your lungs and your whole system in general just be that much weaker, though? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll kill you. It just, you won't get cancer. You won't You'll have just all that collapse. Tar, tar holding everything together. <laughs> right. Who knows? Maybe it will preserve you. You don't know. I, there, I don't, I have not seen studies about this. Anyway. <laughs> these are these are all very bad theories. This yeah. is all this is all poor I, I, poor advice. Yeah. And don't ever take our advice on anything. Yeah, I think that's the best piece of advice. <laughs> right? Yes, indeed. Uh, I want to go to Jerusalem and tell a tale of of Jew on Jew prejudice. 
Okay. Unfortunately, so I, I the reason I bring this up, I was not aware that in Jerusalem, orthodoxy reigns so supreme that it was only recently that non-orthodox rabbis uh, got any government funding. Oh. The Israeli government gives money to uh, to various rabbis okay. around, okay. and they and they fund them. But they, until now, they've all been Orthodox. Okay, so only now have uh, have um, re- reform and conservative rabbis. So government subsidized government subsidized rabbis. Right. Well, that's been going on. Since there's been a Jerusalem, wow! I did not know that. But Jerusalem, but or since there's been an Israel, but Israel has only ever recognized Orthodox rabbis. Okay, all right. So I had no idea that there was this whole like Orthodox only view in in Israel. But apparently, I mean, it's taken this long for the Israeli government to acknowledge non-Orthodox hmm. Judaism. I think yeah, I found wow. that fascinating. Interesting. So there were all these... They must have gotten there first. All these uppity uh, reform rabbis mm. angrily petitioning for and, and is for there, fairness. And is there pushback? I mean, there has been pushback. They've been fighting this fight for a while, trying, right. to, get, trying to get equality. And in fairness, it only went to like four rabbis. Five. Five rabbis. Not, five non-Orthodox uh, rabbis wow. got this money. Okay. But I mean, it just goes to, it's just weird to me. Yeah. You would think that they would embrace Judaism (laughs) as a whole. Let's just, we'll be pro Jew. But no, they're pro all kinds of Jew. Their Jewishness and not other Jews. My Jewishness is better than your Jewishness. My Jewish God can beat up my Jewish God. My Yahweh, my my Adonai Mm. is uh, more, more better. Than yours. It sounds typical. <laughs> of course, it's typical. It's exactly what happens. Sounds, sounds like human nature when yeah. religion is involved. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. Even 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 the Jews are anti-Jew. Apparently, just the other kind of Jew. <laughs> I don't know. If that's the way to say it. Is that the way to say it? <laughs> they're they're anti-Semites. <laughs> they, the, Israel is so anti-Semitic. I don't think if that's it's the true. other kind of Semitic. I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> it certainly seems true. Well, I mean, there are gay people who are homophobic. There are. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. In, or, yeah. Internalized, yeah. if nothing right. else. Right. Self-loathing gays. Yeah. So sad. It doesn't sound like that's what this is. No. But anyways. But I mean, it, it, I just found that fascinating that, like, there were so much favoring orthodoxy over non. Mm-hmm. Which is why, you know, all of those, you know, you see all of the unreligious, all of the workarounds for technology that right. they can't use on Shabbat and all of right, that sort right. of thing. Yeah. Which I just thought was, which in our country, the bulk of Jews don't worry about. And there's this sort of fringe element that freaks out about all of these like right. crazy rules. Yeah. But hmm. apparently that's, apparently like normal human people are, are the fringe element in Israel. Blowing my mind, Dan. Boom, baby. <laughs> Blown. Well, I want to go to Los Angeles. Ooh. Um, where uh, Los Angeles County um, is facing 
a potential battle no. over a proposal coming from the county commission or board of supervisors mm-hmm. um, who want to add, add, mind you, a Christian cross to the official government seal. <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially considering that back in the 80s, I think it was, the, um, well, I guess about 10 years ago, actually, they uh, they decided to remove the cross that was there. In, uh-huh. two, in 2004, they removed the cross. <laughs> oh, so this that is... was already placed on, let's, on the seal. This is a cross that has... Uh, historical uh, significance. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Then th- there's a lot of different sim- sim- symbolism yeah. on the county seal. Of course, you have um, a square, and you have sort of the masonry symbols. Those are there. Yeah. Um, you have something that looks like an oil derrick, is what I'm going to assume. Okay. Okay. Um, you have sort of a Spanish-looking um, frigate. Okay. <laughs> Like, like a like a ship, like a big uh, sailing ship. From sure, like, you know because like Sir Francis Drake, didn't he? No, he sailed for England, didn't yes. he? Yes. Who did? Who? Who? Well, there were a lot. All the Spanish missions and all right, that kind right, of crap right. Were, were so somebody Spanish ships were there. Ships. Uh, there are. There's shark. There's a shark. There's <laughs> a cow. There's what looks like a black and white rainbow. Um, two stars. A How cross. big is this fucking seal? There's a lot. Wait, wait. They, I gotta they, see they have this pushed thing. a lot of, of, just, of, just of symbols on shooting. here. And who is this, do you think? Who's the figure? It's probably St. Uh, Francis. No. no it's, it's a, it seems to be a female, right? And she's oh. carrying like wheat. I don't know. That's, 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 and she's standing at some shore with mountains behind her. That's Mrs. Angelus. <laughs> she's, she's one of the angels. Yeah. Um, she's, I mean, she's got the halo, so she's a saint. She could be. The patron yeah. saint of, of of the Western United I, States. I'm thinking... She's holding something. I don't know. But anyways, so there. but there's this cross over the black and white rainbow. Right. Maybe it's and, Santa uh, Barbara. <laughs> could be Santa Barbara. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so um, I don't know what was there when the cross wasn't there. Right. I'm assuming probably just an additional <laughs> star because that would kind of yeah, just it was, fit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they have, um, uh, let's see. You should have just kept naming things that were on it. Just make stuff up. There's a cow, there's a shark, there's a, you know. Well, a cow and a shark sound fairly it made sounds up. Shark made up. sounds made up. Which is why, which is why you could throw in things, other things. There's a giraffe, there's, <laughs> there, there's the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a tomato patch, there's a cloud and a monkey and you know, 400 uh... shrimp. Uh, I don't know. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> it would make more sense, actually, for current L.A. County. Put Hoff on there. Yeah, that, you know what? Let's start a campaign. Yeah. Get Hoff on the seal. Take the cross off. Take off Hoff. Cross. Put on Hoff. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cross off. Hoff on. On Hoff. <laughs> Hop on pop. Wait, what? Uh, you're confusing everything, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, supervisors Michael D. Antonovich and Don Kanebi uh, want to see it restored. So the, huh. they are arguing um, that the current design on... So it's the seal of the San Gabriel mission. No. Um, can't have all that crap on it. I don't know what they're talking about. But anyways, um, the building has a cross, is what they're saying. That's crazy. Is that 
is that rainbow thing supposed to be a mission? I don't think so. I, I, it's it could more likely be the Hollywood Bowl. To be honest. <laughs> it's that's what it is. It's the Hollywood. Anyway, Bowl. so um, but yeah, I mean they they took it off obviously to avoid um legal issues mm. and now you have yahoo's wanting to put it back on as some sort of fuck you well so there you go so i thought i would just let people know about that well yes thank you for that we needed that <laughs> hooray <laughs> dan's distracted i am a little distracted i'm sorry <laughs> no the, i think put the cross back on that's great just invite a lawsuit is the idea yeah I mean, they're just basically like, "Hey, let's spend, let's spend money, right? Let's spend We're, government money right now." There's a there's a cross a being lawsuit. taken down in San Diego. We better we better get another lawsuit going. Woo! Yeah, it's a these are these are the continuing battles that have already been won yep. and decided, yep. but that they it it's like it's like you're on a battleground and all of your army has been killed, mm. and you look at the opposing army. And you pull out your sword and say, attack! <laughs> like, when, at what point do you admit defeat? We are, They're not going to. It's They're, the fucking constitution. Yeah, but they'll keep pushing back. Uh, it's such a They'll keep pushing thing. back, Dan. They will. Until, yeah. Well, there you go. At least then there's fodder for a podcast. And Yay! That's, and that's what we need. Well, I am looking forward to 2014. Are you? Can I tell you why? Why? Movies. Really? Oh, I oh, love movies. It's the film. This yeah. year is going to be a good great. lineup coming out of Hollywood this year. <laughs> it's kind of extraordinary. Really? Okay. How? Uh, it's. Oh, I want to hear what R N S. I think this is. I think this the is, religious yeah. news service. Right. Has pronounced it the year of the Bible, and with good reason. Not because, hooray for the Bible. But because, holy shit, they're making so many movies about the Bible. And these are not small-time Kirk Cameron movies. Okay. I'll give you... I'll, so the first one kind of is small-time. But you remember that uh, Roma Downey and, and, her, and her Christian husband, who was uh -huh. a reality TV producer, they made the, the Bible series on, yeah. on the History Channel, which yeah. you and I pledged to watch and then never watched any of. Do you still have it recorded? I don't know. I, Andrea may have deleted it, but I, I, we could go back and look. We could find it somewhere, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. I don't really want to watch it. <laughs> I bet it's good for a laugh. But here's what they're going to do. They're going to take uh, footage from that series oh. and partnered with 20th Century Fox, they will create Son of God, a film about Jesus' life. Uh, because it was because it broke records. the The series broke records in terms of viewership. So they're they're just going to capitalize on that. Um, well, all right, okay. It'll be coming out. Be it'll be come release? out like February. That's the first one. The rest all come out at the end of the year. Well, not all of them. Most oh, of them just come in time out. for the Oscars and Oscar nominations and Christmas. And Christmas, I think, was the idea. Anyway, oh, well. so so we've we've already talked about the Noah picture that's coming out, the Darren Aronofsky Noah yes, movie, which I'm actually intrigued by. I want to see that damn thing. Yeah, I, I, Aronofsky. I'm curious. Like, I don't always love his stuff, but I always want to see it because he's always intriguing and right. doing something weird. Right, and for me. The thought I would love to make a movie about Noah because I would love to like because the challenge of making the Noah story 
into an actual film. Well, it's what to do with all those damn animals. Well, no, the ch- no, the animals I don't even worry about. The challenge is how could I possibly make this story even slightly believable? Like mm. what twists and turns would I have to add into this where if we're actually imagining the story as a fully realized as a thing that actually could have happened, mm. what would have to like for like I just think about thing little things like there were other people who owned boats. Why are why aren't why weren't they okay? Mm. Plenty of people own boats. Yeah, fishermen. Yeah, with boats, oh. and he's the only. And why is Noah the only one that survived? Well, he had a big boat. <clears throat> he had like a maid. Like all those other guys were getting turned, you know, turned over, tossed and turned. Yeah, they couldn't. With they, they, they couldn't. They needed they couldn't the ballast of yellow. elephants. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you're going to make it realistic, it would also the big boat would have to be thrown away. He would be able to save two cows and a couple dogs, you know, like like he really well, wouldn't be able to save all the animals. Well, that's like the the first most. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it'll be fascinating beyond to see what, the whole world being covered with water. Right. Right. The entire planet. Yeah. And at what point? I also want to see the moment where the water level has been rising steadily. Mm. And how long does it take to rise? You know, up so that mountaintops are the only things, so that mountaintops are covered. Oh, like, I know. I'm, but I'm, I'm just imagining, like, like at what point do the village people, the villagers, look uh, around or them? Or the village people. Or the village people, <laughs> sure. <laughs> the, there's a wide <laughs> cast of characters. Sure. At what point does the guy in the policeman outfit turn to the guy in the Indian outfit and go, this isn't stopping. Yeah. This is up to our chests now. Yeah. I just wanted, like, how do you drown in a slow flood? Like, if it's a flash flood and it comes whooshing over you, yeah, you drown. But, like, when it's up to your, like, waist, mm. don't you start making other plans? Well, but it doesn't matter. They could <laughs> run for the hills, but sooner or later, the, the hills are going to be covered. I'm I mean, saying that's boats. The whole... I'm saying boats. You think anyway. they all have boats? I think everybody, I think somebody survived in a boat. Here, Here's the deal. <laughs> They're out there, what, for, like, 40 days? Right. Yeah, although the, they all the other people starved on their boats. That's excuse, what happened. No, they have plenty of room for food. They don't have a million animals on their boat. I'm wondering how all these animals survived on Noah's boat. He had to have room for animals and food for all the animals and for him and yeah. his family. Yeah. Well, and, wait, I mean, what you do is you take an extra couple cows because then you yeah, got yeah. some. <laughs> don't let them see what you do to their friends. No, but. Well, that's always the rule. Anyway, so there's Noah. That's coming in November. Heaven is for real. Sony Pictures is releasing. This is this is a Greg Kinnear film um, with Thomas Hayden Church and Kelly Riley. Uh, mm, sounds good. Based on a quote, true story about a little kid who dies. Who oh no, and then comes back. They they resuscitate him, but he was dead for a minute, and now he knows things. Oh, no. He saw Grandpa in the other life. Oh, no. And he knows, and he saw heaven. He saw dead people. I see dead people. Played by Haley Joel Osment. I saw dead people. I saw dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I saw saw a trailer for that one and was not not thrilled. It looked really stupid. Okay. But Greg Kinnear, it's got star power. It's Sony Pictures. It's These are not small films. This is what I'm getting at. Right, right. And then we get to Exodus. Which is apparently Ridley Scott, what? Who is making a film that's basically uh, the Ten Commandments? Oh, I they, guess they are pushing back. Folks. Holy shit! 
Christian Bale will be Moses. <laughs> what the hell is happening? I tell wow. you what's happening. All the Jews in Hollywood were like, smelled the money that was pouring in from these Christians <laughs> and was like, why not? Yeah. Absolutely. And Mary, Mother of God. Lionsgate's going to be releasing Mary, Mother of God in, with a cast that includes. So this is basically a prequel to the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, is what's his bucket directing it again? Uh, no, I don't think oh, he, he is. He's given up the franchise. Yeah. Although, um, who, I, I tried to look it up and about. couldn't. What's his name? You're talking about uh, Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. He, he's not. He's not I don't, I don't think it. so. I don't think, I don't think he gets to do <laughs> stuff anymore. But apparently this one was funded by people like Osteen. I think Joel Osteen was one of the guys that funded it. Yeah. Um, he could fund a small country probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, the late Peter O'Toole will be in it. Uh, one Mr. How did they do that? Sir Ben King. <laughs> he came back to life. <laughs> That's, he was resurrected just for the movie. Yeah. No, he just God, barely died. Joel Osteen. He's amazing. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Sir Ben Kingsley, Julia Ormond. I mean. Wow. But they're bringing a lot of people back from the dead. Jesus Christ, that sounds like a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, mother of God, that sounds like a good movie. <laughs> ben Kingsley, he will take any role. Yeah, well, he's made that clear. Yeah. You have to pay him a million dollars, and he will take any role. Is that the rule? I think he said that at one point. At oh one point, God. he said, you pay me a million dollars, and I'll just take your role. <laughs> but I mean, well, all of these no. are all of these movies, have, these are big movies. Huh. Christian Bale, okay, Christian Bale as Moses, to me, is the weirdest casting possible. Yeah. I, I hope he plays it like Batman. I hope he plays it like Charlton Heston. He does his best yeah. Heston impression. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the original. <laughs> it's, you know. it's just it's his whole performance just, is an homage to Heston. <laughs> just get up, get up there. He doesn't even try to play Moses. He just tries to play Heston playing <laughs> Moses. That's fantastic. Let my people go. He could do it. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Moses. <laughs> oh, all right. Pharaoh. You will let my people go. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Scary Moses. I like it. I like I like Gotham Moses. (laughs) Anyway, there you go. Um, Movies to look forward to. Yeah. Uh well, uh I want to turn to Malaysia. Mm. Uh where Islamic authorities have um seized Christian Bibles. Oh. Um because they are using the word Allah for God, <laughs> as they have always done, apparently, in Malaysia. Really? Yes. The Christian minority uh, has uh, has a tradition of uh, referring to God as Allah. In the Malay language? Is this in the... What language are these I Bibles believe, in? I believe so. Yes. Huh. In Malay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe, I mean, in that language, maybe that's the only word they have left for God or whatever. Uh, yeah, I know. It's the country's national language. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating, and, though. And, uh, yeah, they uh, they and are, 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 are forbidden and now because, that... because our God <laughs> is called... Uh, it's Allah. Called, called Allah. You can't... That's... Your God is called something else. I don't know what your God is. 
Call call your god. That's our special name for God. That's right. <laughs> oh gosh, it's Yahweh or the highway, you guys. Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that it's, is crazy. It's absolutely absolutely nutty. Um, but you know, I mean, this is Malaysia. They they've yeah. had some problems between religious groups. Grumpy, grumpy. They're just grumpy. Why? Why are Muslims? I, I hate to make such gener- generic comments and like this, but why are they just dicks like that? Well, I d- I don't know. I mean, they seem to have their own special brand of dickishness. Well, there is. I mean, there are Quranic verses that are like basically, "And thou shalt be a dick unto those who aren't believers <laughs> like we are." I mean, I it, I don't think that that's a direct translation. <laughs> I think that might be a paraphrasing. The the, the word that you translated as. <laughs> dick <laughs> can also be translated <laughs> to uh but i mean it does i mean not very nice the quran is not uh famous for being a tolerant uh book yeah that's true it's more it's it's more a us at versus them sort of book yeah so yeah. i think that that may have something to do with it so uh yeah two copies of this, yeah this photo has two copies of the bible Oh, um, it, the the Bupkudis Boru. Well, that doesn't mean anything. The Bupkudis Boru, <laughs> or the Al Kitab Barika Bike. <laughs> they just made this stuff up. They, why not just <laughs> make up a new name for? I mean, I yeah. don't get it. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know. But but, the, but, but see, it is there's also I, a tradition in other, other countries uh, where uh, throughout. Um, this is not like the only place where. Um, the 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 non-Islamic populations use the word Allah for God because it's Arabic. Right. And so if you have in an in an Arab speaking Arabic speaking country, right, such I would assume probably like Jordan, where yeah. they're, where they're very, where they're pluralistic, they have you know Christians that they live comfortably with. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I would absolutely assume. That they would use the word Allah. That they would use Allah. It makes because sense. That's just, that's it just the means Arabic God. word for God. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, you get the uh, the, Ara- the you get the Muslims coming into our country and they don't use the word God. No, they well they also instead of saying like peace be upon him, half the time they say some Arabic phrase. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Languages and and words. That's yeah. all we're talking about. Just words. Yeah. But it's a big deal. My, my, the, 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 this sound that I make is more important than the sound that you make. Yeah. And you can't have my sound. No. You can't have that. That's... I want, I want, somebody needs to like, uh, Santorum the shit out of Allah. <laughs> oh God. Someone would get <laughs> fatwad. <laughs> you don't want that jihad. Trust me. <laughs> no, you don't want that fa- fatwa. <laughs> Uh, no, you any, don't. Anyway, yeah. So uh, uh, there's been a there's been a, a sad death in Manhattan, a oh, philanthropist, really? one of the one of the the biggest giver mm. to the Catholic diocese. Really? Uh, in in oh, Manhattan has died. What is the diocese going to do now? Has, well, has he left his fortune to them? No, uh, and I'll tell you why. He was a gay atheist. Really? <laughs> okay. 
he was a hedge fund founder. He founded a hedge fund, mm-hmm. became, uh, you know, obviously obscenely wealthy. Was he hot? Well, <laughs> the only picture I have of him is when he was clearly in his 90s. Oh, okay. So, Probably no, not hot. Oh, sorry, late 80s. So, not hot is what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, he could go to the gym. That's all I'm saying. A little flabby. He just, just seems like weak. That's just bad. bulk up a bit. That's too bad. And he's dead, I guess. And he's also dead, which which tends to deteriorate hotness. You lose a little hotness when you die. <laughs> For most people, God. That's anyway, arguable. Anyway, um, yeah. So he's. I mean, he's donated about six hundred million dollars to causes. Holy crap! Uh, all over. Seriously, he was a billionaire. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So he, uh, he, you know, and he donated to things like the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, etc. But he wow, also okay. donated to Roman Catholic education. Strangely. Oh, it's like the they're like their their school system. Yeah. Catholic schools. Yeah. You but, know, not a terrible. Like, no, I mean, honest, you could like do if, worse. If the ones in New York, which I assume is where he probably gave the money, right, right, right. Um, and who knows? If maybe... they're like the ones here, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of God involved, but they're they're the schools here in Salt Lake that I'd want my kid at. Right, I had a kid. I just love I I love the fact that he was their largest donor, and uh, <laughs> he didn't give a shit about their God. Oh, that's and their, amazing. And their they took stuff. the money. Uh, yeah, because there's been a lot of that in the in the news lately about organizations not taking the money because it's an atheist giving it to them, or not taking the the um, the, the the volunteer yeah. hours because here, it's atheists showing up. Here's a delightful little exchange. So the guy's name, by the way, I don't think I said Robert W. Wilson is his mm, name, okay. Mr. Wilson. Uh, he apparently <laughs> he apparently was talking to the cardinal. Uh, of the diocese and the cardinal said well now that you've given all this money to our schools i should try to convert you and mr wilson he he recalled saying back well cardinal if you do i suppose i should try to convert you the only problem is that if i succeed you'll lose your job oh <laughs> that's Aww, cute that is cute so he was nice yeah huh i think there's a lesson in there somewhere dan yeah i, I another interesting quote from him one of the dumbest things you can do with your money he said in an interview in 79, is spend it. Really? Yeah. Well. He clearly was never in the position of, like, needing groceries. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, food didn't even register on his dial as being money spent. Well, <laughs> I assume that he probably meant, like, after your needs were met. Right, yeah, yeah. But I thought that that was an interesting take. On the world. Huh. All right. He was probably, yeah, probably a little bit of a miser. Well, yeah, in his, except in that, his life. Except that, yeah, in and his, then, in and his then life. And then give it away. Give. give it away. Give the extra, extra away. Which I like. I, I do like that. I think that that's Doing a... Doing it to good causes. Yeah, I mean, if you're... If you're, uh, if you're that obscenely wealthy. And if you are that obscenely wealthy, give some of it to us. <laughs> yeah, that's not going <laughs> to happen. To our show. Dan. Sadly. Um, I know. I... We would yeah. do good things with it, though. Oh, I would take the best trips. <laughs> <laughs> My vacations are just quiet, amazing. Quiet, No, no. We would do things for the show and all the... Th- yeah. Oh, and just... Oh, my house would just be decked out. 
You never you say that, but you never got those inflatable Santas up in front of me. No, your house I never did. I feel slightly bad about that. I'm very I got a new dog instead in the month of December. You did get a little And that ended up costing me a little bit more than I thought <laughs> it was all gonna cost because a stupid little dog got into chocolate at one point. Oh he did. So there was an emergency vet visit. And, you know, there's just stuff you have to buy yeah. for a new dog. Yep. And so you didn't buy your new dog an inflatable Santa. I did not. Yeah, that's I what you needed. I think to do. he would have spent the entire month just barking at it <laughs> if I had, because he's turned into a barker. I would have spent the entire month barking at it, probably. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But I, the next year, I'm thinking. Next year, I kind of. I've been thinking maybe a a whole like one of those light show things. <laughs> just deck the house so out with am- a little ambitious, like a little we get a little like a little local FM. You got a transponder thing so you, that you can like play music and, and out have to the it cars, have it dance to the music, and then have it dance to the music, and that's what I want. Flashing the house isn't big enough for that, sadly. No, it'd be the smallest house anybody's ever done that to. <laughs> well, set records for smallest house that's decked out ridiculously stupidly. No, that's the one over. <laughs> oh, You've yeah, seen the that's one. right. There's one right over here. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you guys want to contact us, you don't have any more stories, do you? No, we're done. No, okay, no. so if you guys want to contact us, you can contact us. Or you can write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or go to facebook.com slash Atheist. Right. Like us. Send us messages. Sure. Receive messages all week. Yeah. The stuff see, will show up in your feed. All of the interesting McKenzie things. McKenzie posts all throughout the week. And, and, so and then everybody everybody comments. There's a There's a conversation that happens there. Yeah. Which yeah. we can't do with you because you're not here. <laughs> no. If you came here, we could do that, but yeah. you're not here. Or, or if you want to get your voice involved, oh yeah. Dan, how do they do that? Well, you can you can call us. You can you can be a, you can get your voice on the your show with a voicemail. Voice people. You can leave a voicemail. Keep it under a couple minutes. Yeah. And uh, and and the way to do that is to call four two four six 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 eight four four two. That's correct. Well, we're gonna take a quick break. And during this break, we're going to listen to some Glenn Beck. Oh, we saying some. And usually, when we listen to Glenn Beck, <laughs> we hear the most hateful vitriol. Oh, and hateful! He's pretty hateful Is sometimes. It hateful? Yeah. Uh, but this time, it's different. Yeah, just a little bit. Do you know what happened last week in Russia? One of their biggest stars on television said that homosexuals should be put into the ovens alive. I didn't think you could make the Holocaust worse, but he's like, why the gas chamber? That seems a little too humane. Let's put them alive in the ovens. I said on the air this week, I will stand with Glad. I will stand with any, anybody who will stand up and say, that's crazy, that's dangerous, that's heterofascism. Mm. That's what that is. And we're talking about Duck Dynasty? Really? 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 <laughs> really, Glenn Beck? <laughs> now you're suddenly like Mr. Pro-Gay standing next to Glad, arm yeah. in arm. Yeah. It's... It took the Russians to get you onto this? <laughs> you, could, you couldn't jump onto this bandwagon until, it was, until the Russians started pissing you off? <sighs> well... God works in mysterious ways, <laughs> and so does Beck. <laughs> Beck works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Holy crap! Well, the the problem with anybody who 
and I mean, I, I, our libertarian listeners, I love you. <laughs> but the one thing is you can never predict <laughs> what a libertarian is going to say. Yeah. You just can't. No. Like, like, the rest of the world is, like, if you're sort of on the normal spectrum right. of, of politics, right? You're you're a normal American politically minded person. Sure. You're, it, it, they just blow your mind because they come out of like these radically conservative people will be like, oh, I'm fine with gay marriage. Right. And you're like, you know what, what? needs to happen? Uh, Bill Cosby needs to do a show about libertarians. <laughs> libertarians say the dan- darndest things. <laughs> just, uh, you see, we're going to talk to Mr. Jones, who has a big funny thing that he likes to say about gays. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what about the gays who put the jello pudding in the anyway sorry really you you went for the jello pudding i don't think you can i I think there's a law about doing a, a cosby impression without saying jello pudding hmm. all right pretty sure wow okay anyway Interesting. uh we did yeah, get some, Glenn, Glenn Beck, some a... correspondence this year uh, this yeah, it is this, this year. year. This Yay! is our first correspondence of the year. Wow! I know. What an honor. Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. I'm gonna hold to the two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna maybe I'll say two zero one four. We'll just call it one four. I'm gonna call yeah. it the one four. We're we're finally in a group of numbers that we can call something. <laughs> a smaller group of numbers. We can call it the teens. Right. We, I mean, we were in the thirteen, but now we're actually into it. We're we're well entrenched in we're the teens. We're into the teens. The teens. Anyway, I yeah. I've... This tens doesn't work. Mm-mm. No. Sadly, we haven't had a good name for a decade. For in fourteen years. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. So thank God for that. Anyway, uh, Mark wrote to us. He said, uh, hello, I support a marriage equality, but I have a problem with the way Utah did marriage equality, and here's why you should too. Oh, okay. Oh, getting a little uppity with us yeah. there, Mark. Tell me. Tell me why I should have a problem uh, He said, one federal judge making a ruling does not help get social buy-in. In fact, it does the opposite. Uh, just look at Roe v. Wade. This is also the reason why I fail to see how this is monumental. You got one Ob- Obama-appointed judge to make a ruling under equal protection, Hardly the most solid ground to stand on when you want to redefine what a lot of people view as sacred. I dislike, he put, he says in parentheses, I dislike the principle of marriage and wish to see the whole construction of marriage replaced by the use of contract law. It's a business relationship, nothing more, uh, nothing less from the law's perspective. Huh. Do we have a libertarian listener, <laughs> perhaps? Mark, what'd you say about marriage and about the judges and the activists? Uh, okay. That's not going to get old for no, me. I'm afraid. It'll no, get old for all of you yeah, long I'm before. Afraid. I'm afraid. Long before it gets old for what me. What happen with that? Anyway. Um, but, uh, thanks for writing, Mark. Yeah. I, 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 here's the thing. This was always going to be decided by judges. That's, for the yeah, for the I, more conservative parts of the country. I think sure. I, I think that the only way that this works is by judges because, and it. But it, I think he's wrong. I think this does get buy-in for, in the immediate. In the immediate, it doesn't. Right. In the immediate, everybody, all of the conservatives and and the religious people butt up against it and they yeah. don't like it. But well, in the a- long term, it, what it shows basically what it does is it gets the conversation happening yeah. in a new way. Yeah. And I'll tell you that I'll tell you what happened. 
Tell me what happened. Andrea man, and I. As you point your finger at me. Andrea and I were in Chubby's. Eating, oh, eating our, some Mexican, Mexican food eatery just down the street. And we, uh, we overheard a conversation happening between uh, some older people. Oh. And one of them uh, was talking fairly. And they were, it was about this whole gay marriage thing. And uh, he was saying, you know what? And, you know, the way he was talking was one of them was uh, you could tell that there were still vestiges of the old thinking because he kept saying, I have such I'll tell you, I have sympathy for those people and blah, blah, blah. Well, how nice. Yeah. And, you know, those people (laughs) seemed a little but sympathy seems a little. But but what he was saying was, you know what? They should. It's fairness and they should be treated fairly. Wow. And the people that he was talking to were kind of cocking their heads and like processing what was happening but you know what i that wow. conversation for my money was amazeballs and it's happening because gay marriage is currently legal in utah right and the other thing is that people need to see gay marriage happen and notice that nothing bad nothing has occurred changed. their marriage is still intact because, because their church l- isn't being forced to 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 perform right gay marriage right and as long as, you know, it's a concept, mm. it's not, they can demonize the shit out of it. Yeah. But once it becomes a reality and it just becomes normal. Then apathy and, picks in or, or kicks in. Right. And nobody cares anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't agree with you, Mark, but. Yeah. And also just. I see your point. It's a, I, I, I see the point, but at the same time, uh, it's a very different issue than abortion. It is. Yeah, I mean, abortion. I mean, you, you. There are definitely arguments, social justice arguments for free access to to abortion. Yeah. Right. Un, 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 in, in, unhindered access. Um, but no it, one can. It doesn't. Cl- it no doesn't one can claim work. that someone's dying because of gay marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And no one can claim that someone's, you know, that someone's going to be committing a new and awful sin because of gay marriage. As a matter of fact, it's just a sin that's already happening. It's already happening, <laughs> and now they can't. Now they're it's it's like it's like promiscuity is going is is going down in their minds once they process well, all of this. Yeah, or whatever. What, like I I had this moment this morning where I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, wait a second. Churches always want people to be married. They don't want sex outside the bounds of marriage, right? right? Yeah. So like. Does this actually end up ten years down the road causing some real problems for more sort of not super conservative, but just your more like like right now religious groups that are opposed to, to gay marriage? Do, do they come around on the issue? Do they come around on the issue because ultimately it's it's marriage, and so yeah. now they just say, "Well, gay people, before you have sex, <laughs> right, get married, right, because that'll work." <laughs> Uh, that is, I mean, that's the unintended consequence here is that gay people are going to start going back to church. Like churches are going to start accepting them and then gay people are going to yeah. go to church. And it, it, it was always such an easy way out of the Mormon church. Oh, yeah. It was like, or any church. Catholic but, church, same thing. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's you're, you're, you're absolutely right. But the Mormons, any any group that it's like, well, you, you know, we, we don't like the homosexuals and homosexuals are damned and blah, blah, blah. That's as a gay man, that's pretty easy to get your head out of. Right. I mean, not for everybody, but for the vast majority of gay people, it seems like mm-hmm. it was a wonderful way to just get out of a really conservative religion. Well, I've said before, the, I mean, one of the ways that I got my head out of it was the gay issue. Like, yeah. I'm not gay, 
but I sat there and looked at all my gay friends and was like, these guys aren't choosing this. Right. This isn't, why would God make them like, make them like guys yeah. and then tell them that they're not allowed to? Yeah. That don't make no kind of sense. Yeah. And then we're done. And you have a lot of gay friends. <laughs> I have a lot of gay friends. There are few straight people, straight men in this world. Who have as many gay friends? As many gay friends. It's true. I I I love the gays. I don't love the gays. I just love my gays. I've got my friends, and I love all of my friends. And many of them happen to be gay. Anywho, most, most, most. yeah, most. Yeah, sure. We'll go with most. Um, uh, we had Don wrote in to us. Uh, he said, "Hi guys, I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I love it, which is the right thing to do." Thanks. Congrats for loving our show. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway uh, he says, uh, I do have one thing. Your podcast on polygamy, uh, in your podcast yeah. on polygamy, you stated uh, having no real objection to what consenting adults do in their own time. I disagree with the idea that young women in polygamous societies can really give consent, even if they are 18. They are being pressured into a situation that is unnatural for the benefit of older men. There are two reasons I believe this. One, the group is always older men and women of descending ages. It's never a woman at the center with multiple men or a man taking younger a younger man into the group. Uh, second, this also happens in non-polygamous society. The older man takes a beautiful younger bride to replace the older ex. Mm-hmm. And what is that new wife called? A trophy wife. Because she's a reward for the man being successful and wealthy. Blah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, he goes on, but but that's a general idea. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, the truth, but here's the distinction that he's not making and the distinction that I make, which is what's legal and what's correct or moral. Right, right. And he's not talking. So, I mean, yes, within the tiny little polygamist enclaves in this country, uh, you know, the ones in Utah, the ones in Texas, whatever. Right. Yeah, there's this huge, tremendous societal, like, cultural pressure for young women to marry nasty old men. Right. Uh, But that's not, that's just that. Right. And And that should be broken up. And that should be broken up. And the thing is that one of the reasons... And and when we say, you know, that we don't have any problem with polygamy amongst consenting adults, that is not the situation we're talking about. Right, right. We're talking about... I and and here's the thing if you if you if as a society you don't have that a problem with that and it comes more out into the open then you're able to break up the the bad situations more easily right in my you're, mind. you're able to enforce the the the, the not, actual real. not marrying 14 year olds and that's exactly yeah. although in Utah I think 14 is still legal with parent permission you know gross it, at very least 16 is anyway none of that should be legal but here's the thing here's the other thing in all religions, there's cultural pressure within the religion to do a whole bunch of crap. Unsavory things. Stupid, yeah. awful shit. Things yeah. like giving up coffee. That should be illegal <laughs> to ask people to do that. <laughs> but, the th- but there's nothing we can do about that. If you're buying into the religion, you're buying into the religion. And until we eradicate religion, which we're not going to do anytime soon, there are going to be things that we don't like about religious pressures. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but we can't do anything about that. What we can say is, if consenting adults want to enter into any kind of contractual marriage, and you're saying that that doesn't happen, well, it doesn't happen because it's not legal now. But I mean, if it, you know, if a man wants to marry ten other men, 
if a woman wants to marry, you know, six men and a woman, it doesn't matter. Like as far as long as they're all adults, they're all entering into it willingly. I don't give a shit. Right. And I don't, and I don't know why it's any of my business. Right. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, I know. Uh, we had some voicemails, didn't we, Frank? We did. That's true. What do we got? We have. Well, let me just pull them up. Where are they? Um, let's listen to the first one from Jillian. Okay. Hey, Frank and Dan. This is Jillian. You guys are awesome. I love the show. Um, Colin, to give a shout out to other um, first generation atheists. Uh, I am out to my very Christian family, but it has not been, uh, you know, the easiest of roads. And uh, it's very hard to, to be in that position um, sometimes <laughs> to not have anyone, you know, be, I'm really close with my family. And so to not be able to come and talk to them about something that's very important and very big part of my life um, is, is very odd uh, to, to deal with sometimes. Um, and uh, what I wanted to kind of ask you about was I am really uh, close with my mom. Um, I'm, we're really good friends, but it's uh, really hard uh, to reconcile my feelings about her sometimes because she's extremely smart, intelligent, capable woman uh who believes in silly delusions and and hasn't you know in all of her 50 years or so hasn't come to the conclusion that I came to within you know 20 years um that that it's all just a silly story and not based in reality and I don't know sometimes it just makes me really at, at the least baffled and at the most um, just kind of angry and stupefied by the whole situation. Um, and it, so I just kind of have to, I get to a boiling point where I just kind of have to go, you know what, let it go. You'll never understand. Um, so I love her and it's still, you know, it's fine. We have a fine relationship, but I wanted to know if you guys have a, any advice on that topic. Um, I'm sure there's many others um, since we're all kind of in the generation that's sort of coming out. Um, if there's any other, uh, thoughts you have uh for those going through the same type of thing so keep doing what you're doing thanks so much and um i'll keep listening take care bye-bye well, well thanks, thanks jillian yeah it, it, it's a it's a bit of a of a problem <sighs> yeah it's it's a challenge it is know? it's not easy it feels it feels weird to look at someone that you love and respect and have them tell you that they have uh, opinions or or that they have beliefs that you can't l respect right um but that's you know what what are you gonna do yeah there's nothing you can do i mean you could do you could go bogosian on her <laughs> you <laughs> try can, to deconvert her try i mean yeah read 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 bogosian's book manual for creating atheists yeah. and uh, and see if but the truth is that converting people is a good way to piss them off well, not if you successfully convert them. Well, then they're no. going to be thankful, right, that you had those series of conversations with right. them. And that's why that's why we say that's why we say look at Bogosian's book and don't because, just dive into right because, because he has a, a methodology that I can see it working. I mean, well, and if and and if it doesn't work, then back off and what you and and let it marinate in their brains and whatever. Yeah. But I mean, if it doesn't work, all all you've done is ask them. 
questions. Exactly. And that's why his approach is genius. Right. So is that you're not, there's not a lot of asserting things. You're just helping them process their own. Right. Worldviews. So that's important. Yeah. It's, uh, so there's that, but uh, I don't know that that really satisfies what I feel like Jillian is really asking, you know, like, yeah. How do you maintain that relationship? How do you, you know, because like for me, you know, I hate to say it, but I really don't. Right. Right. Like I, we, we talk on the phone, um, but we talk but because they live, you know, in Oklahoma, but you know, we end up talking about everything, but right. 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 You just avoid that There's, conversation. There two topics. They're just completely avoided because that's how my parents have set it up. And that's basically the terms that they've established. And you don't want to push that. And I don't push it. And, you know, I, and, and that, and you know, that's, that's and one way. In if, a lot of relationships, there are certain topics that you know you're going to hit, hit impasse mm-hmm. on. The other thing is to just take interest in what's important to to your mother. And, and you know, try and drill down to the parts where you find common ground. Right. Drill down to, you know, because, you know, when I talk to my father-in-law, who is very, very religious... We right. have found moments where I can say, you know, I really like a lot of what Jesus taught. Mm. And he loves that. Well, of course he does. He probably bears his testimony. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of that. silly about that. But, but, but I mean, we can, we can have that discussion. And, I, and, and, you know, when we talk about more controversial stuff, you know, we talk, when we talk about uh, how, you know, he's very, so, very politically conservative and so he doesn't want his money going you know his tax dollars going to help the freeloaders and i and i bring and i invoke jesus in those mm, moments and i right. say you know what i'm i i guess i it's more important to me that someone is fed than it is that that someone else might be mooching right and so i that's just how i am and and you know as long as you don't get as long as your boundaries are clear mm-hmm. and when they say something like well you know, they try and foist Jesus on you, and you. As long as you say, "Well, you know that 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 part doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not someone who believes in Jesus as a prophet, right? But I like a lot of what he has to say." As long as you put your boundaries down clearly, not not in any rude way, but as long as your boundaries are clear, you can have these conversations. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, ish. Ish. It's just, it's a tough thing. What, what I mean, you, you get you is ish. You get way. ish. That's yeah. what we have to offer you. But you know your mom, and you know what you're able to. The conversations that you can have with your own parents, right? And right. And their belief is really, in the end, just sort of trappings. Yeah. You can still love the person. You can still have a fun well, time with the person. And if you have to avoid that conversation sometimes, or if you have to have a really tough conversation sometimes, it's worth it. It's your mom. Yeah. Yeah, you know, have the tough conversations and then get back to just loving each other and having a good time. And don't let the silliness bother you. Yep. Just get past. I mean, you just have to find a way to get past it. Yeah. Because ultimately, if you have a relationship with a believer, they're a believer. Yeah. And there's there's silliness involved. And if you're so, and if that's what you're focused on, then you're focused on the wrong thing. Yeah. Focus on your your having a good time with them and your love for them and all that sort of thing. Anyway. Okay, cool. And then we have another one. Uh, this one comes to us from um, from Matt. Hey, freaking Dan. It's Matt from North Carolina. Imagine my surprise when I hear my hometown of Barberton, Ohio, mentioned talking about the Faith Gym. Uh, actually, I have been to Faith Gym. I actually really like it when I go to visit. Uh, 
it's very much cheaper than the YMCA to go. And it actually is an old Lutheran church, I believe. Uh, some Protestant church folded, and the building was just sitting there. So this guy bought it up and turned it into a gym. Uh, where the altar used to be is a big uh, bench press squat rack. In the basement, there's a man cave where you can do all your deadlifts and powerlifting. And up in the choir, uh, upper choir area, you can do all your cardio up there. It's a really cool area. You know, you should check it out if you're up in Barberton. But if you're in Barberton, you should be wondering what's going wrong with your life. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barberton. I, people doing squats where the, the pulpit, the podium yeah, yes, sure. it's pretty amazing. Sure. Do your do your abs <laughs> in the apps. Oh, see the what abs I just apps? did? See what I did there? That's funny. That's I the, it is fun to just sort of thanks for giving us the layout, Matt, because mm-hmm. that's that's just fun to to Ooh. imagine. Yes. Well, okay. So, we are going to talk about a girl in Oakland. Yeah. A little girl. I mean, or is she a little girl? She's not she, a former little girl, I guess. Is 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 the crux of the problem? Well, oh, I see what you're saying. Because because is she's, she's still alive. Because she's well. Let, let's tell the story. Yeah. Um, thirteen year old Jahi McMath. Um, Jahi. Is that how we're saying it? I guess so. J a h i. Yeah, Jahi, Jahi McMath. Which sounds which sounds like you know an, an Indian family who married into Scottish. I don't know. I'd, Perhaps I don't know. Just Jahi. Um, I've never heard that name before. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, she went in for a uh, tonsillectomy, and uh, when she when she went, she came out of the operation, right? Right. Um. But then she started uh, having some internal um, bleeding. She was hemorrhaging, from, hemorrhaging and... in her nose and mouth, and bleeding heavily from the nose and mouth. And went into cardiac arrest, um, and then the doctors uh, declared her brain dead three days later. Right, uh, and at that point, the hospital, under typical sort of scenario, gives the family a moment before like removing the ventilator and right. sort of allowing the body to die. Um, they then, give the they give this, the family just a, a however long they need, and then they unplug, and then they unplug. Yep. And but the family's fighting the unplugging in this scenario. Indeed, uh, they uh, they feel that there's still some activity that her grandmother, um, in, in one specific story that's told, um, a, a witness in sort of this whole thing, um, said that he witnessed the the grandmother the the daughter responding to the grandmother's voice and touch. But what's more important to them and, is uh, that as, if there's a heartbeat, their Christian religion tells them that that person is alive. Exactly. So unplugging is killing somebody. Killing their daughter who is alive. Who is alive in their minds. In a vegetative state. Because the heart is still beating. Right. And not even vegetative state. Vegetative state suggests far more activity right. than what she has. She, this, she, her brainstem is dead. Her brain is dead. Yeah. She's dead. There's no according activity. to according to these to to the the vast majority of the medical establishment she's right. dead right now there are dissenters in this including mm-hmm. a uh, Dr Paul Byrne a pediatrician yeah mm-hmm. pa- Dr Byrne's a pediatrician who apparently is the go to witness on this sort of thing oh really because he he's not from there he's not he they've they've hauled him in oh. 
from Ohio. From Ohio yeah. to to say that he does, point. that he thinks that brain deadness is not deadness. <laughs> brain death does not equal death. Um so so we got ourselves, you know, a Terry Shivo type situation only backwards only oh, or rather it's it's the family against the hospital instead of family versus family. Yeah, because her in the Terry Shivo case, the husband was like, "Let's let her go." Right. And, and the family for whatever reason, I don't remember all the details, was saying, "No, no, 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 no." She responds again to to voice and touch. But the thing about Terry Shivo is pulling out the ventilator with Terry her heart would her, her she didn't have full complete not as much brain was dead as this girl right and so um she if you pulled out the ventilator her heart would still keep going she'd keep breathing on her own and it was literally a start letting her starve to death was oh yeah was in in the terry, terry shivel case if i remember how i mean because i mean i don't know all the details of that one but nonetheless that one was you you could go okay well i guess I can see how that scenario would play on the sympathies of the family more. Right? Sure, they would. It's a starving to death thing, right? Mm-hmm. Even though her do- their daughter was gone, it still feels still, horrific. It still feels awful, right? right? But this is just um, literally. This you, is you turn off the machine and she just goes. She goes. It's minutes, right? So and so, um, this has led us to. That's enough of that, right? Yeah, I mean, we, so led we, us to ask ourselves some questions. We so those are the. I mean, this is just the jumping off point for us because exactly. we, we started talking about death as a concept and about hospitalization and about making t- these tough decisions. Right. And I think, so I think the idea, first of all, we can, you have to sympathize with people right, who are losing a loved one. That's always, I mean, it's obviously tragic. Uh, in this case, it is unexpected. Well, the youth of the girl is devastating. Right. And if there was hope that she could actually recover in any way, you could see how, the like, on any level, right? Like, okay, she's going to be, you know, in a largely vegetative state, but she'll be able to respond to you, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. You could see, like, how, I mean, still a tragic outcome, but you could see how the family would want to hold on to that. I guess right? it's such On a some tough level, thing, right? Here's what it, I was... it's when there's absolutely no chance of survival. Yeah. And... Well, so one of the questions I want to ask right up front is this. Can you is there an, a scenario that you can imagine where atheists, where people or non-believers, people who don't have a religion would act the way this family is acting? I wonder, are there atheists who would feel like they well, can't I, let that person just die? I, well, it's I, such an emotional thing. Yeah, I, I, it's, I, I would say more than anything, it's, I mean, I kind of even wonder if this family needed religion to be in this position. Like, the religion gives them their out. It gives them right. the mechanism. It gives them the argument. Yeah. But they would have, they would have fought that moment uh on whatever grounds they could have right just, like they they yeah. are not um ready to accept that their daughter has died it's just so for whatever for whatever reasons. or 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 it could be the opposite it could be that if they hadn't had religion they could have let go way sooner and started started the healing process you and could as argue that as but it like, stands 
they they are prolonging this process and making it. I mean, now they're they've got a it harder le- for themselves. Now they've got a legal battle on top of yeah. losing their child. They've got a legal battle that yeah. they have to go through. This is awful because ultimately, there's no suffering for this girl. Like no, you, like in a, in a sense, you don't even have to worry about the. I mean, when the Terry Schiavo case, there was a sense of it, but like with this one, there's no suffering. Right. 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 There's no brain to feel the pain. Or there's process the or pain. Or process the pain. Or anything, yeah. It's just, there's just nothing there. And so, so it's really, I mean, it's their lack of ability to deal with it. And where that comes from, it's hard to say. You're right. It, there probably is some, some the, 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 their worldview, their religious whatever, that's, that's what's, you, you can't separate that out. It's Obviously, that's a them. part of it. I feel but, like it's, they're trapped in this I, I do wonder sensibility. if it's, I mean, the, yeah. So, anyways, so well, can I think of one where uh, an atheist yeah. family would have that? Yeah. Does that does that one, one where they are not they have not? Um, uh, the thing is, though, that I have a I have a hard time thinking that an atheist family would be able to find an argument to that would be able to trick right. up the hospital, right? Because that's the thing: the hospital now is like dealing with this religious issue, right? Then they're trying to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. When their policies are normally just well, you have you've had your time. She's gone. I'm sorry. Take whatever our, time our you want. Ethical, st- because that that was also something in this this whole thing that I that jumped out at me was that they ethically can't continue to give her care. Right. Right. Because there's point. money being spent now. Yeah. Keeping her heart beating. Right. Keeping blood pumping through this body. Right. Uh. That and who and you know. The family is probably not paying for it, or who do, who ends up paying for that? And one doesn't want to take monetary uh, concerns into account, but that's where the ethics of the hospital come into play: is that somebody's paying for something, mm-hmm. and a bed is being taken up, right? And 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 hospitals have to have policies so that you know that that take all of the things into account, that take the 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 emotions of the family into account, but also take. Uh, they have to take financial things into account. Well, and I think, but even beyond there, I'm sure there's a consideration for the patient, the patient herself in this case. Well, she Whereas can't the, the, feel anything. It's not about, in my mind, it wouldn't even be about the, the, the pain or non-pain. It, it, it's that this body, this, this person is done. Right. Now it's time to move on. Yeah. Right. Like there, ha- I'm sure that like somebody at that hospital is considering that, that they like, you are now just providing medical care for uh, someone who's not even there. For a shell. For a shell. And that seems like, like you're saying, it's definitely a waste of resources. You know, your, yeah. your doctors, your nurses are focusing on someone who has no... Right. You're, yeah, you're sending a nurse into a room... To bathe. To, to take care of... Well, nurses don't really bathe, but an orderly and... To, yeah, it doesn't. But anyways, we're getting bogged down in in the details of this thing rather than so you know. I mean, we're our conversation beforehand. I think we were bringing up some interesting. I think one of the details. so one of the things that I immediately went to was the was my dad's death. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad had a long a, a prolonged. Uh, he had a traumatic experience. He mm-hmm. he he was severely burned, mm-hmm. and uh, and was in the hospital for about six months. Uh, before he passed away, uh, and they kept doing, they kept 
having to do more and more extreme therapies to try and fix problems that kept cropping up. Right. One thing would lead to the next. Right. Would, right. He, you know, your body is, is when your body sustains that much trauma, it's more, much more susceptible to other things. You get infections, mm -hmm. you get bed sores, you get all of these things. When one, if, if a system goes into partial failure or whatever, it causes other problems systems. on other systems. Right. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and all, the entire way, I got to be the guy who they had to ask, hey, what do we do next? Right. Do we continue to try to save him? And the thing is that there's a man there who sometimes was completely out of it, who, right. who wasn't capable of talking, who wasn't, who wasn't processing anything, and mm -hmm. then sometimes was totally, like, present and there. Right. And that's what, like... And I had, to, I had long, to make that decision. I had how to, long to the end... Or, uh, when when the end finally came, mm -hmm. when was the last time you had sort of seen your father? Right. When was the last time he had been present? Uh, we had a conversation a couple weeks before that. Okay. And then he went into some sort of shock. And, okay. And 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 never woke I, up from that. Right. So I so yeah, it was about a week or or two uh, See, after you, the last conversation that but, I could. But have. you were saying earlier that you that you now wish that you had. Cut it off earlier. Yeah, I do. I but think. I think. Don't that you think I, that's a that's a hindsight? Absolutely. And but the, here's the thing: I do have new information. Um, I I heard a thing on NPR recently about doctors who were asked uh, if they were in the hospital, how far would they want their care pushed? Right. Would they want heart? Would they want chest compressions to try and re restart their heart? Would right. they want X, Y, and Z? Would they want intubation for this, that, and the other? And they largely said no. Mm. They were all like, no, I don't want that. They've seen their patients. They know that the prognosis is grim. Right. And they don't want it. Hmm. And I thought to myself, if the doctors don't want it, I'd look at what my dad went through. The last six months of his life were a nightmare. Yeah. Just, it was just hell for six months, and then he died. And it... And then I look at the quality of his life that would that he would have had had he been able to pull through all of that stuff, which yeah. I now realize he wouldn't. He was never going to pull through. I don't know. I mean, you just hold out this hope. It's this person that you love, mm -hmm. and and the doctors don't speak frankly to you. That's the yeah. other thing. The doctors just tell you, "Well, we, you know, if we do this, he stands a chance of that." They don't say words like, "You should let him go." I mean, not even "you should," but like. They'll never say if I was my father. If it was my father, they won't. They won't answer that question, hmm. and they won't. And 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 you know they don't say. They always they always just are trying. They're trying to be protective of your feelings, mm -hmm. but what they're really doing is just not really informing you of where of where things are. Hmm. They're giving you a sense that like it's going to be a hard slog, and if he makes it through this, then we've got to go to X, Y, and Z, and that's going to be really tough too, and all of this is going to be hard. Right. But they don't say, this is not worth it. This is probably not worth it. Anyway, the, the, the point, the, the the point is, becomes that you... But the problem is, you're sitting there trying to figure out you're, what you, what, you're, you're, you're trying to get yourself to trust your feeling, probably, was my guess, of what you know your father would have wanted or not wanted. Yeah. That you know rationally. That your dad would not have wanted to be in a vegetative state or in a right in a uh, in a, a total one hundred percent care f 
facility for the rest of his life. Right. Right. But at the same time, if, if only like a week or two prior to the final decision, you had had a moment with him yeah. when you had, you don't give that up. No, it's, it's, the, the, you, it's you terrifying. Don't, right. It's not even terrifying. It's, there's a man, there's a, there's a human being that you can talk to. Did he ever express any wishes? Did he have anything in writing? No, Did he... no, no. Now, my mom has been very clear. She doesn't want to be resuscitated. She doesn't want to be intubated. She doesn't want a food tube. Like, if, if there's a situation in which those are options, she just wants to go. When did she express that? Before or after? She started to express it before, but it wasn't as clear. And now, now that well, she's, yeah. now that my dad, I mean, and she and my dad were divorced, but they were still friends, and she was right. still here for a lot of it. And so, and now that we've all been through the trauma of you make my clear. dad, she was like, "Okay, we're going to talk about all of these things. <laughs> I'm going to be specific, right?" So, uh, so yeah, she is specific about that and, and very clear. And well, that's good. The thing is that we did have this conversation before the stuff with my dad, and I fought her on it. I huh. was like, Mom, you know, if it's just one little thing, you'll be fine. Right. And you, uh, whatever, Mom. And now I think, okay, I get it. Right. I finally get it. Right. So it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. It. It's just... It's this, just is, this is... The problem is... If if you don't have that kind of information from the person, right, you have to deal with the fact of did we did we let him go too soon? Right. What was there a chance? Was there a chance of him having, you know, five decent years? Maybe they weren't going to be like how he was living, but five right. decent years where he can still read his books and he can yeah. get around. Maybe he's in a wheelchair or something. You know what I mean? But like people live fulfilling lives sure. in those kind of situations. Sure. And the other thing, the, the thing is that there's no good scenario here. No. You don't, whatever choice you make, you can second guess for the rest of your life if you want to. If you, you know, if you keep them alive and they actually survive, you can second guess their lifestyle for the rest of your life yeah. and see, you know, maybe they would have been better off to just have died then. Yeah, but they could tell you, thank you for keeping me alive, they, which yes, would the, relieve right. you of Right. Of In my scenario where my father would... You know, as it turns out, no therapy could have helped my father. Right. Now, I, you know, if I had made the choice to let him go or much, much earlier, I probably would be questioning that. Mm-hmm. Now, I yeah. probably would be saying, what if he could have survived? Right. And the fact that I didn't make that choice and that I made the choice to try and keep him alive, now I get to second guess that question. Yeah. There's no good way. There's no good. You're just going, it's just going to be, you have a hard choice to make and you make it. Yeah, this is one of those things that's just shitty about life, and that's. But it's like <laughs> that's been complicated by uh, modern medicine, right? Complicated by modern hope. medicine, you, and there, there's a, there is a they gives you a sense of hope, right? And here's and here's the thing: at least for the religious people, they feel like they've bought into a system and they know the answers to a lot of these questions. Mm. So for these people, it may be a comfort to them that they don't have to think about the answer to this. They well, have to fight a battle now, mm-hmm. but at very least, there's no choice it's to be made. It's a battle to keep their daughter alive in their minds. Right. It's a, right. Ba- it's a battle to hold to their convictions. Right. Because there are always lessons that people can learn. Yeah, or whatever. Right. Or at who, very know, le- who knows why she needs to be in this hospital for the rest of her 
you know, right. however many years. But as long as God wants it, yeah. they, they'll fight for it. And they get to feel like that's the right answer and they don't have to question it ever. Mm-hmm. And if they just stick to it all the way through, then even if they lose their daughter, even if they lose the battle, they can feel just vindicated that they did the right thing. Right. Because then it was the bad, evil hospital that killed her. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I think in the end, what we're getting at is that being an atheist is a complicated place to be. Because there aren't right answers all the time. Yeah. There's no wrong, wrong or right Well, here. it's complicated uh, in sort of the, the, this emotional sense. It's, I, I think that, <laughs> I, I, I would hope that we're going to not get trapped into these other scenarios that complicate the lives of our Right. Well, at very least, ones. we can uncomplicate ourselves enough to know that, like, brain deadness, brain dead is dead. Brain dead is dead. And we can let go. We're, just because a heart, just because another organ somewhere in the body is working. Right. Doesn't mean that the person's alive. Right. And and, and that person, the essence of humanness, the essence of, of personhood. Mm-hmm. Right. There's not some spirit that's Houses stuck in, in the there. brain. There's no chance for a miracle. Right. This, this child is not going to make a miraculous recovery. Right. Pray. We know. We know. We can let go of the idea of praying, accomplishing anything. We can let go of the idea of any, and we can just focus on the reality of the situation mm-hmm. and the fact that there is a little girl who is gone, mm-hmm. and there's a body that's remaining, and we can turn off the machine. Right. And, so and let her organs go to somebody else. So in this case, it, we have the advantage. In the case of my dad, I, there's no there, there's no advantage to no. anybody. No. You just get to deal. Yeah. But like I said, I life is complexity. Yeah. And and the truth is that I don't know that I would have gotten any more satisfaction from that process, any more joy or or any less pain if I had been religious. I don't think that that could have given me anything. Well, what a cold I... cold heart again. <laughs> because religion is what <laughs> makes you warm. Yeah. Anyway, I I don't know. I mean, I listeners, what do you have to say about it, man? That this is, I I know that yeah. you've all a lot of you have had experiences with stuff like this. Yeah. Do you think it would be easier as a as a believer? It's an interesting question. I I don't think it would be easier as a believer. I think it prolongs it. I think that 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 faith, like, like everything that I've ever seen with like, you know, with Mormons, because that's my experience, right. Um, with mourning and with dealing with death is that all they do is they never face it. They never deal with it. They never, they they just push it off, push it off into these other places um, because of this, you know, eternal soul that you're supposed to just completely 100% believe in. Right. And that, 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 that it's, everybody moves on to a better place. Right. And, and that's common for all faiths. Right. Is that, uh, that, that moving on and being in a better place thing. And, I don't know. Like, I I think that atheism, I think facing it has its own unique comfort. Right. I th- I think that the th- the cold hard reality of it, while it while the emotions are still tough and you miss the person, and it's hurts. Right. I think there's. I found. I have found comfort in the idea of 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 pe- people just being gone. Yeah. But that's yep. that's just that's the human condition and understanding it and appreciating it and letting go of the need go. Uh, for immortality. Yeah, we don't need it. And letting go of that person. And it doesn't like, exist. Anyway. You, you you keep the person in your heart. Yeah, you know, um, and and you you try to keep their memory alive. But, but 
But that's their memory. But that's their it's memory. It's not them. And, and if gone. you're true and honest with yourself, then, you know, yeah. you it's tough and it's sad. You missed the person for years and probably your whole life, depending on who it was who passed away. And there you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, write to us if you have any questions about or, or thoughts about this. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is our email address. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Right. Or uh, go on the Facebook page. This will be, you know, we'll, this discussion will continue there. Uh, All throughout the week. Which is TGI, you know, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, you can also, uh, do, don't forget that you can donate to the podcast and help us keep this going uh, by going to uh, thankgodimatheist.com and clicking on the donate button. And of course, we like to thank Mackenzie for all of her hard work yeah. and uh, helping us promote ourselves and, on Facebook. Thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the music. And uh, have a good week, everyone. Have a good 2014. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.